laughing i ain't hear the conversation before greg be having mad jokes again thank y'all for hopping on thank y'all for those who watch who listen who subscribe who follow we appreciate y'all big time it's been a busy busy weekend again in sports from college basketball to basketball to trade deadline nfl making some trades everything it's been a lot of stuff going on um but tonight we are joined big three one of our members he is on his way back from somewhere living his best life so he'll be back on the show later on this week of course we joined by miles smooth operator wholesome davenport in a different location undisclosed private location you see it's a different background how you doing tonight this is a fake background by the way but i'm doing good i'm, I'm doing good tonight course we join oh snap you see the glow miles we joined by the newly engaged greg <laughs> sends mirror straight glowing teeth extra white hair done nails done everything did how are you tonight my boy i'm good bro i'm good it was a good weekend um it, it's, it was a good weekend bro. i got, got a lot of love for the engagement and everything like that but that was dope that was dope and some listeners showed love too so i appreciate that the listeners that don't, that don't hate my guts. <laughs> Meet me at the altar in your white dress. Yes, sir. We're going to have a good time when that day come up. But, of course, it was an even greater weekend for Greg because not only did he get engaged, not only was it his girl's birthday weekend, Brooklyn also added more pieces mm. to their roster. The Lakers added a piece to their roster also. Mm -hmm. Blake Griffin was added first. LaMarcus Aldridge gets bought out. A lot of people think he's going to Miami, and he decides to go to Brooklyn. Some say it was for juniors because he loves cheesecake. Some say it was to play with KD. Who knows? We'll find out at one point. Who was a better signing for the net, Blake or LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah, I've been thinking about this question since I saw it on the docket. I mean, Miles, you gotta you you gotta answer. You go ahead. I've been thinking about this all day because I, I it's it's hard. It's hard to say. I, Lamarcus is, I it's tough, yo. Like that, I think that Lamarcus is gonna help them because he can really stretch the forward and shoot the, the ball better than Blake can. Um, but I think Blake's gonna help them a lot too with his playmaking ability and ability and his ability to to be competitive defensively. Right, he's another big body. Um, if I had to choose a bigger one. It's it's crazy. I'd probably I'd probably take I probably take Lamarcus just because of his, his ability to stretch the floor. They're gonna be able to go five out. It's gonna be really hard to guard him when he's on the court. He doesn't have to be that great. 
just knock down a consistent open jump shot, pick and pop. You know, you don't even, it doesn't have to be three-point shots, but he's going to get them really hard to guard and stretch the floor in a way that Blake isn't going to do. Um, but they're, they're versatile. The Nets the can play any way they want. Um, they still haven't gotten that really that big, that true big to deal with a guy like Embiid or deal with a guy like Drummond on the line. Um, but I love Claxton. I love what he's bringing. He's been he's been great. Um, I think they have enough to get out of the East. I think that they solidified that this, this weekend. They're going to get out of the East. And I don't think it was a doubt before this, but I really think it's locked in. It's locked in. The Nets are getting out the East um, going to a final. So I'm excited about that. But as far as who's bigger sign, I think L.A. With these two signers, though, did they, in your opinion, Greg or Miles, did they actually attend to the needs of the team? It makes them deeper, but the, I think we all can say the main need for them was the defensive side of the court. You added two scorers, essentially. L.A. can give you probably 15, 18, any given night. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for me, I, I, would, I would think that the, the style of defense they're playing is a little bit different. They're not playing traditional. They, they switch everything. They rotate. They help. Um it's a little bit of a different defense. They they kind of mix their coverages a little bit. So I think they knew they were never going to get a guy that could guard Joel Embiid. Where you're going to find that anyways, unless you got Drummond. And Drummond can't guard Joel Embiid, but he can annoy him. I'm not sure you're going to get a guy who can annoy the, the dominant big man in the NBA. But I think the Nets are going to – they're just banking on being able to annoy them enough with, like, doubles, making teams take perimeter jump shots, right, um, and living with the results. And, and you know they can score with anybody. So it's enough to get past – these teams in the East, right? These, these, because every team in the East is flawed. When you see the Lakers, it's gonna be difficult when you got AD, um, and then you have Drummond, play, them playing high low. That's gonna be a problem. I, I, that's gonna be where they run into their brick wall. But I don't. Through the East, I think they can get out. It was enough to get to the finals, in my opinion. What was your thoughts on the signing when you saw this come across your phone as a notification that Blake went there and then Lamarcus decided not to go to Miami and went to Brooklyn. Um, I wasn't shocked. I mean, we got, this is an era of ring chasers. So people, people see an easy way to get a ring. You know, Blake wasn't really playing in Detroit. It was either buyout or coach from the bench. Same thing with LaMarcus. So why go to Miami? Who's, you know, they're fighting at the bottom for a spot, which They'll probably make it in, but why go there and have to fight when you can go to Brooklyn and just coast on the big threes coattails to a, a finals? I mean, they're definitely going to help. It definitely helps. And I think the LaMarcus signing was a little bigger than Blake just because he can play the center position and he can stretch the floor. It opens something up for them that you didn't really get with DeAndre Jordan starting. He's more of just a rim runner, plays good defense at times. Greg might think otherwise, but he plays good defense when he wants to. But like LaMarcus, he'll just open it up for Harden, Kyrie, Durant, and then you got Joe Harris on the wing. So now you got a a court full of shooters. And a team like Philly, you're going to have to – D LaMarcus on the three-point line. You're going to have to bring Embiid out of the paint, which opens up more back cuts or pick-and-roll action. So I think that was the bigger pickup of the two, even though Blake Griffin's still going to be solid. 
with KD now. So you add those two. KD comes back. Who do you decide to play, though? Because when KD comes back, that's a bulk of the minutes. I can't see that Blake and LaMarcus Aldridge are getting major minutes. And if that's the case, what are you getting out of them? You feel me? Like, I feel if KD's healthy, one of them aren't playing. I think the what LaMarcus – I heard LaMarcus say that, and I heard Steve Nash say, too, that um, Marcus has a chance to fight for a starting spot in the starting lineup, which is crazy, right? That That's what he, that's what he told him, though. So I think it'll be L.A. Um, he'll play more. I mean, when you when you get brought in and you're they're making promises to you about your minutes and the idea you can play a lot more, right? And saying, hey, you can potentially start. I gotta assume that you're the one that's in the, that's not gonna suffer with the return of KD. Um, Blake has been okay. Blake picked up four fouls in like five minutes just last night. Um, I think Blake is really here to bring energy. Blake is here to do whatever he can to win a championship. That is it. Um, and and it does it's not a knock on him as a player. He can still play. I think he, he can go out on any given night and get you 20 points. I mean, he had he had a game against I think the Blazers. Where he got 17, or was it the he had a game a couple of nights ago where he had 17 points. It was the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons, is what it was. Yeah, that makes. Oh well. <laughs> and, and he and he caught a bang out too. I think too. I think he uh, he might have caught an alley, um, and then looked at the bench or whatever. And you know, Blake is interesting. Blake makes the Nets. Um, Blake is really what makes the Nets feel like a ba- the bad guys. Like from that the Warriors years where those Warriors teams started to like the bad guys. Blake makes you makes them feel like they're the villains here, but that's fine. I mean, I, I'll embrace that because we're winning games and you have a chance to win the NBA finals and, and I really feel good about it. But yeah, I think LA will play more minutes than Blake essentially, essentially at the end of the day. When it comes to the Lakers, what was y'all takeaways with Drummond going to LA? By the way, for all our listeners, I know y'all know I predicted it. I said it. This is why I was telling y'all I was commenting. On bench mob on my personal IG, pump the brakes. Drummond's coming. Lakers in six. Mm. What was y'all takeaways from Drummond coming to LA? Who already said he has lost ten to fifteen pounds to play with us? The losing ten to fifteen pounds part cracked me up. You know when Brian brings the best out of these guys. John been running around here lugging around that weight. He looked he looked big. He looked husky out there. Um, we'll, we'll see how he looks tomorrow night, but um, nah, Bronze didn't get the best out of him. That, that's a that's a bigger signing than anything the Nets have done. It's a bigger signing than any move the Nets have made um, so far because he's led the league in rebounding the last four out of four of the last five years. He's a rebounding machine. He's gonna get them second chance opportunities. He actually might get Wesley Matthews to make some open shots because he's gonna get so many rebounds. He's gonna give so he's gonna give Wesley Matthews more chances to get to get looks at the basket because Wesley Matthews can't make a damn shot. So that should be big for them. Um, but in all seriousness, the high-low game with him and AD is what I'm excited about. The high-low game and the pick-and-roll and the lob threat that he is. Bron, you, the way Bron utilizes guys like Javale McGee, um, Dwight Howard, he'll be able to do that with Drummond. And he's going to be a defensive force cleaning up on the back end. He's going to allow AD to roam out to the perimeter and guard whoever he wants to guard. He can switch everything for the most part. Um, they're going to be really, really, really tough defensively when he gets back. This will be the best defensive unit they've had in the last – two, three years, I mean, just them being together, right? Last year, they had a really great defensive team. I think they'll be better this year when everybody gets back healthy. Um, I think they're going to win a championship. I think they're going to win a championship. They'll win it in seven, six, seven or six. You're going to see, bro. You're talking about six like the Nets. The Nets, the, yo, the Nets are loaded. So, seven or – you know, they go seven. But um, I think they're going to win another one. They're loaded. And I think it's a bigger – I think the LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin signings are a little bit overhired. They are. I think the biggest addition the Nets have made are two additions this year is the Claxton, KD. 
That's it. Katie just not being, you know, Katie not being healthy, him coming, him coming back, the effect he has on the team. But the LA and Blake and Blake aren't as good as Drummond is. Drummond's 27. Like, the Lakers shouldn't even be allowed to get a player like him for a minimum deal. It doesn't make sense. But here we are. So, you know, I think the, next, I think the Lakers are going to be in a really good spot, and they're, gonna, they're probably going to win the championship, to be honest. But that's me. That's my two cents. Hey, Miles, with Drummond there being now, do you think that he'll be able to help weather that storm until LeBron and AD gets back because you look at their schedule, pretty tough schedule over the next two, three weeks, and they don't have Bron and AD. Analysts, everybody was talking about, you could possibly see with their schedule, you could possibly see the Lakers going like a five to seven game losing streak with how the schedule is. You add Andre Drummond to the mix now, less minutes for Gasol. You have Habrell coming off the bench back again, Trez. Can he help weather that storm? He could, but I mean, missing LeBron and AD is like a huge piece from this team. Like that's basically 85, 85% of your team right there. Because without them, they're just an average team. With them, probably the best team in the league. So it's tough. They're in a tough stretch. Although what, they're on a two game winning streak right now? I think, yeah. So, you know, it's the little things that that you celebrate, but now that you get Drummond in the fold, you you get more rebounding. I mean, Marcus Hall, that was it was just funny that he was he's still there. The fact that he's still on the team is a joke because he he's just a waste of space. I I feel like once they buy him out, he's going to Spain to play with maybe his buddies over there because I don't see a a fit for him in the league anymore. I mean. But let's not talk about Mark Gasol. Like Drummond is <laughs> Drummond's gonna be a, a problem. So that pick and roll, we'll see. Kuzma's playmaking a little more with LeBron out. So let's see if he can step it up. He needs to. He needs to earn that contract. And I mean, you want more shots. <laughs> well, hello, you got him now. So let's see what you can do. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Um, I know the intention, everybody's talking about it with the signing of Marcus All, you know, to help initiate the offense. But he's sorely a disadvantage on the defensive end. He has the IQ still. But based off of what you had last year with Dwight and JaVale, where you got the athleticism, the strength, the bullying, all of that put into one, they led the league in blocks as a team last year. You could get anywhere from two blocks from AD, two blocks from Dwight, two blocks from JaVale, that's six blocks. That's changing the game right there. Now they're not – I think they're in the middle of the pack when it comes to blocks on the defensive end. So I agree. Marcus All should have been bought out or traded, but, I mean, who was really going to take that trade? Maybe Orlando, since Orlando was just giving up ship and is in rebuilding right now and was giving away – all their assets possibly and bringing more over to not know what they're going to do with them. But yeah, I don't mark us all. I think his brother's in Spain. He could go play with pal and they could go be good uncles to Kobe's daughters. That's what they could do at this point. Trade deadline now. Wait, you, 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 you had to say something, right? You, you, you had some more love to give to the Lakers. <laughs> Now, I just with the, with the Marcus Gasol thing, I, I just feel like he could, he could be valuable and off the bench for them. 
No, you don't, you don't have to necessarily get rid of him right away. I don't feel like let, let oh let him breathe for a second. He can still shoot the ball though, but he's a good passer. I mean, he's not good, he's not great defensively, no, but I think his ability to shoot the ball can still be pretty useful, and his ability to pass the ball is still pretty useful too. If they can keep him around, we'll see if they get an athletic guy like Damian Jones to come back around. I thought he played really well for the Lakers, let him go. Um, I, it's because they knew Jungle was coming. But if maybe you bring him back and you let Brooklyn Saul go. Maybe that's what their plan is. I, I like what he brought. He's like a JaVale McGee guy, so we'll see. But I think Marcus Saul's still a guy that's long in the league there. I mean, are we kicking him out of the league? He's done? He's washed. He, he's done? Curtains. He's done. Wow. He's he's a veteran presence on, yeah. on the team. That's his role. That's his, but he's not playing. Don't If I sign you, no, you're not playing. This, this, <laughs> he's Joe Kim Noah at the end of his career. I'm Yo. signing and we're you. You can call if Joe Keith would not get a 15-foot jump shot consistently, he'd still be playing some basketball right now. No, see, he was only good for the Clippers to come into the hotel and be burning sage as if it doesn't want to make a difference, yeah, and they that. still lost. He was, what Marcus, they thought he was burning sage to, as for good luck ritual. He was burning sage so that way he could make a jump shot. He has to do all this nonsense to prepare himself. Shoot the basketball yeah. like, it's a, like it's a flying saucer. Like I said, him and Marcus all don't have a spot in this league anymore. Fair but enough. it was a busy trade deadline. What was the biggest trade to y'all? We had J.J. Reddick going to Dallas. We had Oladipo to Miami. Norman Powell got traded for Gary Trent Jr. Aaron Gordon and JaVel McGee are nuggets now. Vucevic went to Chicago. What, what was the biggest trade to y'all? Who's the winners in this? I mean, I feel like the Heat definitely came out as winners. They didn't really give up much to get Oladipo. And why not take a flyer on him? You're already hearing the rumors that he wants to sign there in the offseason. So why not bring him in and see how he gels with the team, make a playoff run and see, do we want to sign this guy in the offseason? They got the money to. Them and the Knicks are going to have the most cap space next offseason. So that was a good move. Another one of Pat Riley's steals that he got. So whether he starts or not, which probably he's going to start, remains to be seen. But I think that was the best move made by any of the teams. That and maybe the Magic trading off their assets because let's be real, they weren't doing anything, making any noise. Aaron Gordon was unhappy. You got all these assets like Booch, Aaron Gordon. So trade them, see what you get. And they got RJ Hampton, which I like that, that uh, get back from the, from the nuggets. They got a, a couple first round picks. It's all about collecting assets right now. If you're a rebuilding team, because you build around those young guys and then maybe you're in a, a position to trade those picks kind of similar to what the Knicks have been doing. You think RJ Hampton is a one or a two? Uh, yeah, probably a two. Only reason why I ask because Orlando has a Markel. bunch of point guards right now. Yeah, they got Markel, they got Cole Anthony, who kind of really is like a combo guard mm -hmm. in a sense. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's why the Magic, I, I think it was a good trade of getting rid of their assets, but bringing RJ Hampton there, it, it feels like the same type of thing that they've been doing, where it's stocking up on players and it's not enough minutes to go around. You still got Cole Anthony, and you still got Terrence Ross, too, on the roster, who might be the best player on your roster right now. Mm -hmm. 
So you know he's going to get his minutes. It's all about evaluating talent. Like, they're not in a position to be picky. Like, oh, we got three guards at this position. What are we doing right now? It's like, you're not really winning. What do you have to lose? <laughs> Besides games, you have nothing to lose right now. So let RJ play. He wasn't really playing that much in Denver. So let's see what he can do over here. See if he mesh, meshes well with this team. I mean, Cole Anthony, he, was, he started off good, but he got hurt. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes back and him and RJ Hampton and then when Markel Fultz comes back because they did sign him to a contract extension before the season started. So clearly he's a part of the future. And they got Wendell Carter Jr. too, another underrated piece that they got. They don't have to pay that heavy bill that they were paying Vooch. They get a young guy from the from the Bulls. And now let's see what you can do. It's about – like people will come to a team if they throw money at them. Not saying that the Magic should – lose their mind and start going spend spend crazy but I think that this team they made some good moves it would have been the wrong thing to do if they tried to you know go for that playing spot and keep these vets when it's like are you do you really have a shot in the east do you think you can beat the Nets or the Bucks or any of those top teams no so try to see if you can reset in a couple of years and then come back. Let me ask y'all this. You mentioned Depot. Is Depot, you think he got anything left in that tank? Is he washed? Does he just need a new system, a new place? I mean, when he was in Houston, he wasn't even able to play back-to-back games. I think that he has plenty of – I mean, he's going to make a big difference with the He is. He's still very good. When he was out in the court for Houston, he played really, really well. Um, I don't know the exact numbers or splits off the top of my head, um, but I know what I saw. And I saw a guy who was actually who was explosive. He came up that injury that was which was really serious that he had, but he looks really good. Looks just as explosive. Finishes running basket. Can still shoot the ball. He's still a guy who's borderline All Star level. Like you just got to get him in a situation where he wanted to compete and and play and win and I think when he was in Houston it's easy for him to kind of get you know just kind of swallowed up into all the mediocrity that was going on there they lost 20 some odd games in a row I mean he didn't want to be there and he didn't want to resign there long term and if honestly my I'm not very concerned I think the reason why we didn't see him a lot of why we didn't see him playing back to back is because they knew they had to trade him the second he turned down that hundred million dollar offer they made him they would not have offered him a contract extension if they thought that he was damaged goods or thought that he didn't have anything left in the tank. They knew what they had. They wanted to keep him. They were John Wall and see if they could build something that they could kind of present to the fans, right, for the next couple of years. Now they don't even have that. But um, they knew. They knew what they had, and they didn't want to lose him for nothing, but they misplayed the market. The Rockets have been the worst-run organization in the, in the NBA, like, this year. It's just incredible how bad they've been. Um, they got they – they basically gave up James Harden for a pack of peanuts. For nothing. They could have had Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. They could have had Karis LeVert. They gave up everybody. And they, you think about it. They, they flipped Karis LeVert for Vic Oladipo to have to give up Oladipo when he didn't want to stay. They misread the market. It's insane. They could have had a much better young player. So, no, nah, I think Oladipo is really going to help the Heat. You're going to see a much a much a motivated guy. He's going to play back-to-back, so at least some of them anyways. Um, and I think the Heat are going to make a run. They're, they're just too talented to be – Going on to be bad. I don't. I don't believe what I'm seeing with them right now. I need to see more from them. Um, got that little. They got that little championship hangover. It's all right. They'll be okay. It was. It was. It was a short season. 
Who's the winners in, in your eyes of this trade deadline? The 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 Bulls. The Bulls. Uh, they move for Vooch is big. Um, not necessarily because it, puts them, it makes them a championship team. It doesn't obviously, but what it does is it shows Zach when you're serious about trying to trying to be some a team that can that can be on his timeline. Because where he's at right now in his career is he's headed quickly towards his prime, and you'll start to see the decline, you know, at some point here. And so he wants to win while he can. And I think that he, for much of his career in, in Chicago, he's been in a different place than the Bulls have been. The Bulls have been trying to get, stockpile young assets like the Magic, right, and see what they have. There was no real plan, but he was there playing really well and coming into his own. Um, they're trying to make sure that they can keep that guy. Trying to make sure they can keep Zach. Everything they do is going to be to make sure that they can keep Zach. So that's a good first. That's a good start. Which is an all star. Um, will it work? I, I don't know. Like I, I don't think so. Ultimately, I agree with Miles shaking his head. I, I, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep Zach down the road. I, I, I agree with you. Um, but it's a good move. It's a good. At least you'll have Vooch, and you, at least what you'll do here is you have assets you can trade. If you lose Zach, you can kind of hit the reset button and trade and trade. You know, trade some guys and get picks. Um, I thought a loser, and I didn't mean it to be a losers. I thought a loser was Zoe. Zoe's a big loser from this trade deadline, not getting traded. I think we all know he wants to get up out of there. Um, we, we all know how bad they're misusing him in New Orleans. Um, and he should have, and I, and I would have loved for him to go gone to a team like the Bulls. Now, you, you're shaking your head about the Bulls now getting Vooch. If they got Vooch and Zoe, you'd feel different. I promise you that. If they had Zoe, Levine, Kobe White, and Vooch, you feel different. They, they're not a championship team. That's a team that can grow together. Now we're cooking with some gas in, in Chicago, right? Or the Knicks. The Knicks get Zoe. All right. Like, now you're cooking with some gas. Now I, I got to really, really put some respect on the Knicks. And I, I do. I do. But I really, I really got to put some respect on the Knicks um, and what they're doing um, as well. Because they had, you add Zoe, you add some shooting. You add defensive play, and you add a guy who can get somebody, get everybody easy shots. He makes RJ better tomorrow, right away. It'd be a big deal. Um, <laughs> you know, he don't get no. You don't get. You don't get. Need to have a shot glass every time no, 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 we, we on, shoot, just in on, case the RJ hold on, shots. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I, I gotta, I gotta do this real quick. The, yo, RJ Barrett has been playing great this year. Shout out to RJ Barrett. I'm not trying whoa, whoa, to pause, 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 pause. Great. He's been playing damn good basketball. Good. Okay. Damn good great. basketball. Throw great is high, but I overcompensated. I think he, he's been playing very good basketball. I'm not trying out here trying to throw shots at R.J. Barrett. He's been damn good this year. I got to give him credit. That's it. That's all I got to say. I ain't throwing no shots at him. I'm not telling you what he can't do. I'll let y'all be happy with what he can do. That's it. I, 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 all right? Like, he's a good player. He's a good player. Was he worth a top, a top three pick? I'm going to let y'all talk about that. <laughs> not going to talk about that. <laughs> the backhanded compliment. <laughs> I... I literally asked, yo, I said, if, if, is he worth the top three pick? I'm going to let y'all discuss that. That's it. Um, but no, nah, man, like, RJ's done well. I just wanted to give you, I give him some credit because I, I see the Knicks fans in my comments. Um, and I see everybody talking, you know, everybody in my, in my DMs talking about, you know, RJ and, yo, I, I like DG, but RJ's that, RJ's been very good. And and shots RJ's made the right stuff. He's tough as he's tough as hell because he he hears all that chatter and he's still playing well. So shout out to RJ, shout out to the Knicks, man. They deserve a lot of credit for real. Hopefully I get Zoe this summer. It's up for y'all get Zoe. Let's see what happens. Before we transition and talk about some more of these trades and some of the losers and breaking down some of them, some of these other trades that we didn't really talk about. Flag on the play segment. First one, 
Polo G says he is Tupac rebirthed. Except or decline. Decline. Who is he talk though? But not nah, sure. <laughs> he's tough though. Some. Yeah, he's wild. <laughs> I try to get love. Polo G's nice. He's nice. I I, met, I like Polo G, but yeah. Tupac. That's like. I don't know. That's like Kobe White saying, I'm the next AI. It's like, it don't fit. It don't make sense. Next one, Nick Young. He commented on the situation regarding the unfair treatment to the female athletes in the NC by the NCAA. His comments on that was, man, y'all not bringing in the big bucks. Y'all the JV team, and it's cool. Accept or decline. People do this for so long trying to justify the, the mistreatment of women, women in all facets, but especially in sports and entertainment by talking about the amount of money they bring they bring in. And it's so crazy to me. I, I read an article saying that um women weren't weren't getting the same testing the guys were getting. They were getting a test that wasn't as accurate. Which is just straight up, isn't that? That's insane. Like it, at the tournament, they weren't getting. Like, we only saw the food and the amenities and the the weight, the workout facilities. They weren't getting tested the same way the men were. That, that just tells you they don't give a damn about their livelihoods to the same extent, right? Like that doesn't even matter the same. So to make to justify to try to justify it in any way, that was that. That's some donkey stuff, bro. So we gotta find out. We gotta we gotta start a segment where we, where we point out idiots, and this might be it. Every yo, Hot 97 got theirs. Uh, uh, congrats, you played yourself. Um, you know, uh, Power 105 got theirs. Donkey today because it's a lot of it's a lot of dumb people out here talking trash and saying things they shouldn't be saying on public platforms. But no, nah, man, like there's no way to justify that. It's 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 insane. And especially when you saw the game between UConn and Baylor last night, man, they got they got, yo, Paige. Was that was that a foul? Of course, yeah, of course, 100, percent 100. percent and one million percent, but like, I what I, that wasn't my takeaway from the game. I that I think it's a good thing they had a controversial call like that. It's a good thing we we're, we're talking about it. It's also good because Paige Rufus is a star. I'm sorry if I didn't say her last name the right way. I always mess up. She is an incredible, incredible yo. I mean, she shoot the ball. She's got great vision. I mean, she's a lot. She's generally a lot of fun to watch. And people act like girls basketball is a notch down. Man, these girls beat a lot. Of, beat a lot of you dudes out here. Period. Yo, Period. by the way, Swaggy P says he, he was hacked on his social media, but it's hard to believe that somebody decided to hack Swaggy P's social media and make that comment out of all things. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, I don't care what nobody says, bro. I'm at the gym with my wife, locked in on the game, watching UConn Bella. Like she's like, "Yo, it's your turn." No, I know, I know. I got one more set. Let me see this game, and it was a from the beginning to the end. Just glued a lot of mm. it's good basketball too it's good basketball a lot of y'all look for that nonsense the Steph Curry shoot from half court shimmy shake fall on your tailbone and then be injured and be out for two weeks it's good basketball y'all don't know good basketball so never mind that's a, that's a lot to ask of people last one cheerleading mom you know they, they have fun a cheerleading mom creates deep fake vids and picks of rival cheerleaders to get them kicked off, accept or decline. Uh, 
Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Run that back real quick. Yeah, that ass. Cheerleading mom, Rafaela Spoon, created deep fake vids and pics of her daughter's cheerleading rivals to get them kicked off the team. She decided, this was Pennsylvania, by the way, not Florida. She created fake pics to show other cheerleaders naked, drinking, and smoking, then handed the pics over to the coach to get them kicked off the team. <laughs> Yo, at all levels of, of youth sports, bro, I feel like there's parents like this, bro. You know more parents that would do something like this than you than you realize. There is actually crazy how many parents are like that, bro. Like that would that will do anything to get competition out of their kids' way. It's cutthroat out here, man. It's cutthroat out here, man. It's, it's really crazy. That is that is a is that a Florida story? It's not like a Florida story. Nah, this was Pennsylvania. She's being charged ah, with two enough. misdemeanors. Two misdemeanors facing three counts of cyber harassment of a child and three counts of harassment after uh, her actions. And she actually, after she sent the pics, she told the cheerleaders to kill themselves. Oh, she's wilding. Okay. That, that took a real took a real Florida-ass turn. That's a Florida story. She's probably from Florida. Probably, but all in all. <laughs> Yo, that's, no, that's crazy. Hey, never mind. We don't, I, you don't know as many parents as you may think. I didn't hear that last detail. Yeah, you, I, 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 this is common. The jealousy thing is common, but to tell him to kill him, so I, I. To get competition out the way, I'm of the belief, I don't, when I have kids, I'm of the belief they're not getting trophies unless they win anyhow. I'm not with that participation trophy stuff. I, nah, nah, that's sweet. It ain't sweet over here in the Burnett household. You ain't getting a trophy because you participated. (laughs) You put your sneakers on. That's what you're supposed to do. You talk. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> you know, that's not preparing them for adult life. You don't get a pat on the back because you paid your bills. You, your, your lights get to be on. That's it. Your lights get to be on because you paid your bills. That's, you don't get a pat on the back what you're supposed to do. Participation <laughs> trophy. It's, this generation so sweet. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really sweet out here, bro. It's crazy. Back to these trades, man. What was your thoughts on this J.J. Reddick trade to Dallas? Does this make them a notch even better? I didn't feel that way when I saw it. I didn't. Feel, I, I thought they didn't play defense to begin with. Um, they, they had no problem. They had no problem scoring the ball. It was never an issue. So you add J.J. Reddick, a guy who can't play defense but can shoot, I, you know, I don't, I don't see that really helps this team. You know, is it to replace the loss of Seth Curry in some way, some form of fashion? Even if that was the case, you didn't even do that because Seth Curry is so much more gifted offensively than J.J. Redick. I don't think it is. Uh, he can get to the basket. He can finish. He can get his mid-range shots off. I, I love his game, honestly. I love it for what he does, what he's paid to do. Not many guys are better than Seth Curry as a specialist. Um, but, no, I mean, it, it helps. I mean, shooting always helps, right? It, shooting always helps your team. Does it make them any significantly better? No, I'm not sure it makes them a notch better. They'll probably make the playoffs because Luca, Luca's just that good. Go get him in. Again, doesn't mean he deserves, deserves to be MVP or nothing like that, but they'll, he'll, get, he'll get them into the playoffs because he is that good. He just is. Um, but no, I don't yeah, J.J. Wright doesn't touch to the whole issue of Kristaps being healthy and the defensive right. aspect. 
Right. JJ Reddick's not going to come and wave a wand for Kristaps to be there for the whole playoffs if they make it. So why did they trade for him? Why did they even give up assets? Like it didn't even make any sense. Okay. No. Who? Who's Chris? They gave up. <laughs> oh my God, Joe. <laughs> Yo, one of the teams that did not make a move, and I want to get y'all perspective on this. Toronto, it was talks of them moving Lowry. Lowry yeah. is not traded to Philly. He is not traded to Miami because Miami wouldn't give up Hero, who they wanted to be a part of the trade. And Kalari uh, did not go to L.A. because they wanted Taylor Horton Tucker to be a part of that trade, and L.A. said no. Should Toronto have tried to just get rid of Lowry as is anyway? Whatever pieces they got back, because it's obvious that they're pretty much in a rebuilding process. But they actually still have Lowry. No, I feel like they had to maximize their asset. And if that's asking for, like, each team's best prospect, then so be it. You want a a guy who's going to help you contend and compete for a championship? All right, let me see how serious you are. Let me get Tyler Hero or THT. I don't think it was too much of an ask for – Toronto to ask for for those players but I get why those teams didn't give those players up because the upside and then you don't know like Lowry could be done in a couple years while these guys might have like a 10 15 years left in their career they're young players and you you don't even know what they're going to be like you don't know what THT is going to be you don't know what Tyler Hero is going to be but what they are right now is pretty good so I'd rather stick with those young guys but it was tough. I I feel like he he exemplifies what a, a Raptor is. Like he's been there through the ups and the downs, and then of course the championship a couple years ago. So I feel like in a way they were trying to do right by him, send him to a contender, help him out, but it didn't really you know work that way. So they gotta they gotta figure out a way to to maximize. Lowry they can't just let him walk and you get nothing for him because what what good does that do they've been losing there's a little dissension between the the group you know Pascal and the coach buttonheads right now so it's like we're not really competing for a title this year they should have kind of done what the the magic did not to that extent where they trade all their best players but Lowry should have gotten traded somewhere even if you lowered the offer a little bit, he should have gotten traded somewhere. All right, that's my Wait. that's my thing too. So I'm gonna ask y'all this though. On the flip side, LA, Miami, both teams that need to win now, should they have either lowered their offer or should they have gave those pieces up? Because Kyle Lowry, for example, Miami, they need to win now. Jimmy Butler only has what, maybe two, three years, good years left in them. In L.A., you already know Braun got a short window, too. Should they have been thinking about the now and did whatever they needed to be do to get Kyle Lowry? I think the Lakers did enough. The offer was Dennis Schroeder and KCP. That's a, that's a really good offer. for. That's a lot to give up for, Casey, for Kyle Lowry. Young, and you want a young piece to build around. Dennis Schroeder is, is young. Like, what is he, 27, 20, 26, 27? He's young. Like, they, they got greedy. That's what happened. They got greedy. The Heat's offer was actually not nearly as good. 
Kelly Olenek and Duncan Robinson. You get a specialist, a very good specialist, and you get a guy who's okay. Like, he's a good role player. Like, that's not nearly as good as KCP and, and Dennis Schroeder. KCP got championship pedigree. Dennis Schroeder is, was a six, was a six man of the year runner up. Like he's just, he's really good. And you know what he can do for you. And you know, he can start in the NBA. He's done a good job starting for the Lakers. I don't know why they turned on the Lakers offer. I don't understand. I don't know why they got selfish. They once the the Lakers said, no, we're not coming off THT. They should have made a deal. It made no sense to keep Kyle Lowry around. He's just an expensive veteran. What are you doing there? You've tapped out the potential of that team. It's not going to work. So why not get something in return? And you can trade Dennis Schroeder. You could you could get Dennis Schroeder and do a sign trade. The Lakers might do a sign trade with Dennis Schroeder. You'll probably bring it up. I know it, you know, they may have to when he turns out a four-year 82-87 million dollar deal, whatever it was. I don't know why he did that, but to get back to the Raptors, um, no man, like I, I don't understand what the logic was there. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to not accept. Lakers deal. I thought it was a really good deal. You weren't getting a better one. And Philly wasn't going to give you what you wanted, which is Tyrese Maxey. They weren't doing it. So, hey, you get Dennis Schroeder. He's young and you can flip him in something else. I, I, I really didn't understand it. Point guard for point guard. It made a lot of sense. And you get KCP, spread your floor, play some good defense too. He's valuable to the Lakers. So, I actually think the Lakers are pretty lucky they didn't pull the trigger on the trade because they got John back. I think AD's will be, AD will be back in about two or three weeks. Um, and Ron in similar time frame, I think they're gonna be really they're gonna be better defensively for it. Kyle Lowry's a good player, he would have made him better in the interim, it held him down. But I think they're gonna float and they're gonna tread water, be around 500 while LeBron and K, uh, AD are out, and they'll be fine. I just don't understand why the Raptors wouldn't make that trade. It was just it was a really stupid to me. To me. And what do you think the Raptors are gonna do with the organization here on out? So you still got Lowry on the contract. He's going to be – his contract is done in a year unless they do a signing trade. You're going to do exactly what Miles said. He's going to walk, and you get nothing back in return for Kyle Lowry. You have Van Bleet there, who I just paid, who actually, you know, is a good asset. I wanted to trade him, but he's one of your big pieces there. And you got Pascal, who might be a hot take. They grossly got it wrong and who they thought he was going to be for them. He is not a Batman, and they paid him like such. Once Kawhi left, he's supposed to come into that role and be the head man, and he isn't. Where do they go from here? Do you possibly trade Pascal, especially now that he's butting heads with Nick Nurse? Is he somebody that they use as a trade piece? I thought he could have been a trade piece. Package him with Kyle Lowry. You probably would have got some more offers that you would have liked. I think you have to take calls. Kind of like the the motto that Joe Douglas with the Jets, the, not to go – to a different sport, but he's always like, it's my job to take calls on everybody. Even though it's Tom Brady, if somebody calls, I'm going to listen. That's my job. I'm the GM. So I think as the GM for the the Raptors, he should definitely take those calls if people are calling, which they will, because he can be valuable to another team and you need to capitalize on that value. So I think, and also they have Ananobi as a, a backup plan. So you can get something for him, even though like he's been solid for you. Granted, he was better when Kawhi was here, but now is the time to try to, you know, I don't want to say blow it up, but maybe flip him for picks and young players. Flip him to a team that's on the verge of competing and think that, oh, maybe this guy will, as a third option, second option, no, 
help us get over the top. I don't think he's a one. Definitely not a one, but the Raptors thought he would be a one. So at best, yeah. And Greg, you tell me what you think because you you know you're the hot take me. At best, he's a third option. At best, he's not a number one or a number two. On a championship contender, yeah. On a championship thing, and if it's not a championship contender, he might be. <laughs> you see what's going on in Toronto. My man is just as skilled as Giannis. His bag is not deep. <laughs> I, I I agree. I don't I don't think he's a one or two as currently constituted right now. I don't know if they should trade him because I don't know that. In Toronto, it's hard to get assets. It's just hard to it's hard to get guys to stay. I think that's why they paid Pascal the way they did. I don't think they actually thought they had a shot at keeping Kawhi. I mean, they did internally initially, but um, you don't pay a guy like that if you think that you're going to get a star player down the line. You, you don't. Um, and that's because it's hard to attract talent to go play up in Toronto. Like, why would you do that if you're a star player? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, unless you're from the area and have an emotional uh, a connect a, a tie. Um, even those guys don't seem to go back. But, um, no, yeah, I, I think that for them, the best move for them is probably going to be – you take calls on him. Yeah, you take calls on him. If you get a great offer, why not? Pull the trigger. But I, I just think it's you build around him and Fred, him and Fred Van Vliet, both of them. Him and Fred Fred Van Vliet. I always say Van Vliet. I got so many Vs in his name. But I, you, you, you build around both of them. Um, I, I think that you do that, um, you retool around them, trade – I mean, hit. <laughs> The ship has sailed on trading Kyle Lauder unless you do a sign and trade, which I don't know why any team would do that, but we'll see what happens in the summer. Maybe you do, maybe you'll be able to pull that off and you're fortunate enough to do it. But I think you build around them. If you can't get anything for Kyle Lauder, it changes everything. Then maybe you you, you ship Pascal out. He, he's already bumping ahead with Nick Nurse. They love Nick Nurse as a coach. I don't think they're gonna let him go. Um, I think that if they're gonna pick between him and Pascal, they'll probably pick Nick Nurse. Um, but I also think that another thing to look out for too is um Jury, him leaving. Um, I can see him him walking out the door. I think that this thing's falling apart. He's done his job up there. They got a championship. He's a t- teams will pay out the the wazoo for that guy. Um, so I think that I could see him getting up out of there, and that'll be the biggest loss they they'll they'll suffer. It'll be it won't be a player. It won't be Nick Nurse. It won't be Pascal. It'll be the fact that they lost him because he's the reason why they even, even have a remotely sustainable model up in Toronto for the longest time. They were horrible. Um, and he came up there and he changed everything. So he's going to get a lot of money um, to go turn another team around. And it used to be the Knicks. The Knicks seem to be in better hands, or, you know, but maybe the Knicks, maybe the Knicks go after him and, and aggressively pursue him. You never know. But I think that's the guy you they'll, they're a little more likely to lose. And then it just changes everything from there. But Pascal is the most tradable asset. You probably try to if you can't get rid of Kyle. Um, and besides the guy who they lose that, lose him, it's going to be dark days ahead. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be real scary hours in, in Toronto. It's gonna be real scary. Yeah, they lose they lose Masai. I think they go back into obscurity, and you see those years when it was like Chris Bosh was the only player there, averaging like twenty five, and mm-hmm. going on TV doing commercials to try to get into the All Star game. I don't. Mm-hmm. They lose Masai. We I think we all could, yeah we all can agree Pascal ain't the number one, so I don't see them. They become like the Orlando Magic over the last couple of years, a team that's the eighth and ninth seed for the next four or five years. They make the playoffs, first round exit. That'll be um, Denver. How much better does Denver get with their trades? Getting Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee. 
does this put them back in the conversation that, you know, we was having at the beginning of the year, Denver was supposed to be a top three team that was supposed to compete out the West. Does this trade put them back in that position? They'll compete. They'll, they'll compete. Are they a championship team? No. Do, do the Lakers still exist? I mean, I, no. I, they, I think they could beat the, uh, the Clippers because they got Pandemic P over there. No, it, it really boiled down to that, though. Like, it's really, it, it, they're going to be good enough for second place. They, they're, they're just – I think Jamal Murray's inconsistency – Jokic is Jokic has been great. Does he does he continue this in the playoffs? Is the question. He he played well in the playoffs last year. I don't I don't doubt he's, he's a good he's a big time performer. I don't doubt how great he is. Um, Aaron Gordon hasn't proven anything in the NBA. We just he just shows he can get the most fifties in dunk contest history and not win a dunk contest. That's it. He's he's talented. Um, I actually thought that the Magic won that trade. Um, that they, they they won that trade. I thought they did a good job. They got Hampton. They got. Um, they got who? Else? They, oh, and they got uh, what's his name? Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. Gary Harris. I love Gary Harris's game. I that was huge for the Magic. That was huge. I didn't chime in when y'all talk about the Magic. That was huge. I thought the Magic did a great job in that trade, and they got a first. Now that first won't be that great. It's still, it's still you. You can get a, you can find a diamond in the rough late in the first round. Um, but yeah, I think Aaron Gordon's a little overrated. Um, he's he's talented. Does he make them a better defensive team? Uh, he was ever playing defense when he was over in, in Orlando. I know they don't. They, and I, I know they actually played pretty good defense. Those teams with Clipper when he was coaching them, and I think he's still there, were pretty good defensively, believe it or not. And he was okay. He was never that great. Um, they're okay. They're, they're the same team. They're a little bit better, I guess, than they were before. They can score a lot, but they're still too young to be a team like the Lakers. A team like the Lakers can take advantage of them um, just based on that youth alone. So I, that's, where I, that's why I sit with it. Miles, I'd love to know your take on it. I, I, I think that they're – they're pretty much plateauing to where they were before. They, I think it puts them over to Clippers, but I didn't think very highly of the Clippers to begin with. So that's not saying much. I mean, it definitely adds a little more athleticism on that side of the ball offensively. Like you said, defensively, he leaves a lot to be desired. But offensively, I mean, him in the pick and roll with Jokic could be something that, we see. I mean, he's not as bad as people make him see seem, but he's also not a superstar or a star. So trading as much as they did just for Aaron Gordon is like, why? It's I don't I don't understand it. That's why, yeah, the magic definitely won that trade. So but we'll see what happens. I don't I don't know the fit either. Like I don't it. they have their wings, they're wings. Yeah, they have the you with him. No. Who else do they have in their wings? Who else? What other wings they got? They got uh, did they they got let go to Tony Craig? They still got they still got Barton over there too. Yeah. Like it's just it, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any sense. And your point guard's your center. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, Jamal's good, but he's just inconsistent. I think the key to unlocking this team where they can really go, is Jamal. He's inconsistent, bro. He he'll play well for a month straight, and then you'll just play. Like, garbage for the next month and a half. You just don't know what you're going to get from that guy. And, and he's so talented. Um, that's my problem with them. It's, it's really Jamal's the X factor. The way Lonzo's the X factor for the, for the Pelicans, Jamal's the X factor for them. It's, it's very much the same thing. I know different players, but they affect their teams very similarly in the sense that they, they're going to go as you go. It's not going to be about anybody else, as good as Zion's been, the Pelicans, and as good as Jokic has been. It's really about those guys playing well. That's when you get the best out of everybody else. 
next trade that we're going to talk about. We got two more to talk about before we end the show. This was our trade recap show. We're going to talk about the NFL for y'all on the next episode, all about the Deshaun Watson situation going on, some of the trades that happened in NFL. We're definitely going to touch on that. Rondo for Lou Will. Who's the winner in this trade? Lou Will was talking about he considered retiring. Mm-hmm. Who was the winner and the loser of this trade? The strippers in Atlanta. They get their, their guy back. Lemon Pepper Lou, he's back in the town. He doesn't have to leave quarantine to, to get his wings. He's home. He's back home. But seriously, I think the Clippers definitely won this trade. Like, they've, I mean, Reggie Jackson's not that bad. But as we know, Rondo he takes it up a notch in the playoffs and that's what they need. They need a point guard to kind of settle things for this team because this is one of those teams that it can go left really quickly this year. Like last year, a lot of guys were frustrated and that's why you had Trez leave. That's why you had, I mean, I'm sure Lou Will wasn't happy with the way the season ended last year, especially how gassed that team was. So that's definitely the biggest piece that they could have gotten and just giving up Lou Will. I'm not mad at it because they still got Luke Kennard, who's he's been playing well. He's been playing solid off the bench. He's not Lou Will, but to the point. got Rondo. Like you needed a point guard. You needed a PG. So that's the main factor in this trade. Yeah, Kawhi definitely re- it was reports uh by Stephen A before the trade deadline that Kawhi was requesting that they get a point guard. I think it's a good trade for them. I'm very intrigued to see, though, if Rondo was able to help them get over that hump. I don't think we're going to see what Rondo did for the Lakers last year happen with the Clippers. I think Rondo will play well, but the Lakers team is built different. Let's just say that. They were built around their defense. They were built around getting around in transition. It's just a different team makeup. The Clippers are totally different. The Clippers are all finesse. They still don't. They still have the same interior issue they've always had. They don't guard the interior well at all. They're horrible at it. They've been bad at it. Is Zubac gets killed by guys like AD every time you see them? Like it's just it's the same thing. Jokic killed them last year. They got rid of Harold, and I don't even. And they replaced him with Ibaka. And I know that that's. But it's, it's not. I just don't feel like that's enough to stop guys. Like I don't think I don't think Ibaka can guard Harold. The irony. The irony of it all. The irony of it all. I don't think he can guard Harold. So, you know, it, it's crazy. You got a Baca win at the tail end of his career, and, and that's that's part of the issue that they're dealing with right now too. But um, in terms of the point guard play, it helps them. I actually forgot they made the move. It, it, it felt it felt pretty insignificant to me. Um, they needed a point guard. Um, I I think he's definitely going to help them in the playoffs. We'll see. We'll see what it does because I also I ultimately think that the issue they have is interior defense, and then also the fact that they don't guard. They also they also need Paul George to go to the basket more, get more easy baskets, which eventually he just doesn't seem to be doing. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers. I'm not sure they beat Denver. And I'm really not sure they beat the Suns in a seven-game series. I really want to see them play the Suns, yo, for real. Like, I want to see them play the Suns. I want all that smoke. That's what I want. If the Suns see them, I think I think CBT booting them up out of there. That's really what I think. CBT is the exact opposite of Paul George. He's about it. And the, when the lights are on, bro, He's a body. He's not talking about it. He's going he's to he's finish, put you away. But no, I mean, 
we'll see what happens. It can go in either way. I, I think it was a relatively okay move for them. They needed a point guard. I don't know why Kawhi had to request one before they realized they didn't have one. Makes no sense, but whatever. Two middle-of-the-pack teams made a trade. I want y'all thoughts on it. Did it help any of these teams out? Does it help them in the playoffs? First one, Norman Powell gets traded for Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood. And then you got, on the flip side, another middle-of-the-pack team that's trying to make that jump, maybe get a couple higher seeds. The Celtics get Evan Fournier from the Magic, who Evan Fournier decided to tweet out that um, people need to Google his name in Boston, and he decided to – his first game as a Celtic went 0 for 10, um, which was a better trade for – this middle of the pack, these two middle of the pack teams, Portland and Boston. I think the Portland trade was the better of the trade. Them getting Norman Powell was a great move. All you're giving up is, uh, what's his name? Gary. Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. There we go. Gary Trent Jr. And Rodney Hood. And Rodney Hood. Like, Norman Powell's having a, an incredible year. Like, he's scoring at all levels. He's not passing that well but I mean if you're scoring the ball like that who needs teammates so on this team he definitely adds a little more scoring another threat on this team they got CJ Dame still got Melo but now Norm whether he's coming off the bench or not which it looks like he's going to start it adds another element you can't really trap Dame or focus on CJ when you got Norman Powell who can give you 20 30 points in that lineup as well. So I think that was the best move of these these middle-of-the-pack teams. Speaking of, we mentioned, you know, teams blowing it up. Should, at some point, how much longer do the Celtics give this roster before they start making changes? Like maybe like, significant, like significant changes. Because Evan Fournier, my opinion, doesn't do anything. It adds some shooting, but... It doesn't do anything that's going to help them right now or in the long term. I think this year, like by the end of this year, something's got to give. Like nothing – Tatum's the one who's going to stay by far. I mean, you build around Tatum. I mean, I'm sure they could get a boatload for Jalen Brown, but would you want to trade Jalen Brown if I'm the Celtics? Not really, but this team hasn't really moved the needle with those two as a collective and Kemba not really a good fit on this team when he's not the focal point. So I think Kemba, he's, he's not really a good fit in Boston. So he might be on the move. And then, I mean, let's see what Danny Ainge does. He he hasn't really been pulling the trigger on any trades, big trades to make this team better and help the long-term stability of the team. But maybe you have to trade one of your young stars like Jalen Brown is a up and coming superstar, I think. And there's a few teams out there that could really use his, his presence. So if it's first round picks, if it's young players, like you need something like, I don't, I don't like this Celtics team at all. Like I don't like watching their games. It's rough. Like they, they'll win one game here and then get blown out by the Pistons or lose to some crappy team out West. Like, I just don't get it. Like, this is a, a team that should be doing way better 
with the pieces that they have, but yet they're still stuck in the middle, which, I mean, it's cool. The fans have something to cheer about, you know, a win here and there, but I mean, Celtics are right up there with the, the Lakers for most championships. They expect a little more than what they've been giving these last, when, when did they last win? 2010, it's been like almost a decade. Yeah. So something's got to give. I agree. I, I, I think that um, I've been, I was trying to think about what would solve their problems. And it's funny, the same name kind of popped in my head. I think they acquired Lonzo Ball and make a big difference for them. No one on the team can get anyone an easy shot. That's really what it boiled down to. You know, they need someone to get people an easy shot and, lay, and set the table for their for their scorers. And I know that Jason Tatum doesn't need someone to get him to get him a shot. I know Jalen Brown can get his own shot too anytime he wants. I know that, but it doesn't change the fact that they don't create other easy shots for their role players and get easy looks. They just don't do it enough. Um, so th- that's that's the tough part. That's the really tough part about about that team, but. I don't know. I think if you watch the Blazers, they kept that CJ McCollum and Dame thing going way longer than they should have too. Um, so if you ask me, I don't know that it's, it's, a, it's a surefire thing. I think I think that um, Angel tried to squeeze the most he can out of this because Angel's on the hot seat. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why Angel's been on the hot seat? But it, it's it's clear he should be okay. Like he he didn't capitalize on all the assets they got from the worst trade made in NBA history. And I mean, while you got these two really good players, your championship window closed before you knew it, you lost Kyrie and that was it, right? And now here we are, they're just kind of mediocre. They're okay. They're in the worst spot you can be in the NBA, which is just a middle of the pack team. You don't want to be that. So we'll see what they can do. I mean, I think in addition, they, they could go after, I think what that would help a lot is Lonzo. Um, I really do think that would help him a lot. Do I think Lonzo ultimately goes to Boston? <laughs> no. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, Boston, if Lonzo is his choice, uh, he's not going to Boston. That's not happening. So. It stinks for them, um, but I, I, you know, I'm no Boston fan, so I could care less. Regardless, I, I just don't see, I don't see them blowing it up yet. I mean, that's a real, that's a real like press the red button move by Danny Ainge to do that. It really is. And if he, if he makes this trade for Jalen Brown, you may, you may, you best not miss. You best get the guys you need to make sure that team, the championship team, because Jalen Brown's talented, and he's not the reason why this team's not good. It, Danny Ainge is the reason why this team is where they are, period. Yeah, I agree. I think they need to trade Jalen Brown because that's their best asset, not because, you know, that's the reason why they're losing. It's a great tandem between those two, but they need they have more needs than just those two. Mm-hmm. I think you could you could you could fill a lot of your needs with getting Jalen Brown out. You could probably get another borderline all-star. You could probably get a more four to five big and probably some picks because I don't think the combination of, I mean, they traded Daniel Tice, but the combination of Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams is cutting it for your sensor and your power. I don't don't think it's cutting it. And if they decide to keep Jalen Brown, my thing is they need to get a big that can guard bigs. Jalen Brown sometimes in the games, he's at the four. Jalen Brown can't be guarding and beat on a switch and things of that nature when you need him to go get a bucket. So then you see a lot of them in the games, it's just Jason Tatum by itself or Jalen Brown, you're trying to have him score, but he's guarding bigs. He's not a power forward. Jalen Brown really is a three. I think if they get a, a big, you could probably keep Kimba 
but if you get a, a nice power forward and a nice center, you can put Jalen Brown at three, put Jason Tatum at the two, start Kimball and Marcus Smart, and you'll probably see a better Boston team. Jalen Brown nor Jason Tatum is meant to be playing power forward. None of them should be playing the four. They trying to fit in Marcus Smart and put him in the starting lineup because Kim don't play D. So, hey, I think that's what it is more than even Lonzo Ball. Because you get Lonzo Ball, that's a great piece. I think Lonzo Ball fits on a lot of teams. I agree. Lonzo Ball can fit on a lot of teams right now and would make them better. But their biggest issue, I think, even more than the guard spot, is their rotation of bigs. They're doing it by committee. It's nobody there that's solid that you're really scared of. Rob Williams is a great player. He's that bench player that you have that's an athletic big. He's going to get you two, three blocks. He's going to come with energy. But do you want him playing 30 minutes a game? No. I don't think so. Just like Moss could answer this if he want. Same thing with my man Mitchell Robinson. Do you really want Mitchell Robinson playing 30, 35 minutes? I don't think so. Mitchell Robinson would be great as an energy guy, giving you 15 to 20 minutes. But that's pretty much all the trades right there. Ah, you really think Mitchell Robinson is a 30-minute starter? Not if you're doing all that dribbling, should he be doing it? <laughs> He's raw. Definitely, I'm not taking those videos that he did in the offseason. Uh, Throw those out because none of that's happening in the NBA. But I definitely think he – he has a role in the league where he could play 30 minutes a game because he can switch. Not right now, though. Well, not right now because he's hurt. That's all. That's that's what, obviously. He did. I, ain't even got, I can't even do this, bro. It's not, it's not enough time. It's literally not enough time for this. It's not even enough time for this, bro. I saw what he did. No, no, no. Just to all, everybody who's, who's listening, don't look up Fournier. Don't Google Fournier. Men, don't, don't do it. Um, now, now when you tell people don't do something, they do it. I'm hoping they do it. That's why I'm saying that. But <laughs> Yo, fellas, you don't hurt your eyes if you look that up. I didn't look it up. I heard what it actually is. If you were to look it up, please don't look it up. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Benjamin, we out. Peace. Peace. I don't even think.